Kia ora and welcome to episode four of What's Your Jam? Conversations about what makes us happy over a cup of tea and a jam scone. My fourth guest for episode four, well, the first guest for episode four, but you know what I mean, is the very excellent Cassandra Tace, who works in musical and non-musical theatre and is a generally pretty amazing human. We had a really great chat on Saturday afternoon. That's when I saw her. Um, now, along with Tea Leaf Tea and Buckman's, I've got another sponsor for this episode, and that sponsor is Rapa Nui. Uh, Rapa Nui, The Song of Stone, is the first show from Wintergreen Collective, which is a company based in Nelson. This show comes from Stone. Stone has a tale to tell, a tale that reaches to the stars and has a place on Earth. Discover a cosmic story carved out through myth and imaginings, a song and physicality. Rapa Nui, The Great Stern Post, is guiding us home. Rapa Nui runs 18th to the 21st of February at Bats Theatre, 9.30pm in the studio, and you can book your tickets by visiting bats.co.nz or by calling 0480247715. If you would like to be the official sponsor for a whole episode of What's Your Jam, um, basically I've got a wee Patreon thing, you jump on Patreon, and if you select a particular tier, then you become you become that sponsor, which is pretty cute. And the link to it is in the description or on the website. You can find it if you just hunt for it, if you really want that thing. Anyway, here's the show. Here's Cassandra Dees. Have a nice time. We like hire around the studio. Oh my God. Eggshells would be amazing. Mm. But anyway, where were you? Where were we? Where were you? That's such a rude way of putting that. We're drinking cups of tea leaf tea. Yes. We drink, we're drinking the chai. And Delicious. And I've got Cassandra Teese. Hi there. How are you? Very good. Good. What's your jam? Uh, my jam is musical theatre. Yes. And I'm here to talk about that today. Yay. Um, so. So you, I've, I saw you in that really big show that you guys did with the choir. And I cannot remember what it was called. Oh, Showmance. Showmance. <laughs> I saw you there and I was like, oh, wow. Because I... I actually think that's the first time I've seen you perform. Yeah, um, I'm mostly a writer and a director. Um, I'm the artistic director of Red Scare Theatre Company, Mm -hmm. uh, which uh, we started in 2013. And so we're going on year four now, which is pretty cool. Um, Five? And, hmm? Yeah. On 2013, so yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> ignore Doing my maths. Doing some maths. Ignore um, my maths. But fine. yeah, uh, with that, I tend to be behind the scenes. Mm-hmm. Um, but I also, you know, uh, act and sing a little bit, but mostly just for fun. And usually that's with the Wellington Footlights, um, who I've been involved with since they started, which was 2014. Mm. Um, so yeah, other than I was just overseas for a year, so I took a year off, but mm-hmm. I've just re-auditioned and I'm back now as a full performing member, which is okay. really exciting. They've got a whole system. I was going to um, say, so Footlights has a like an ensemble and you audition have, to be in the, it? Yeah, the way it works is that you audition to become part of the membership and then um, the membership get to vote on what show you're going to do next and oh, you get cool. a whole lot of things like they do workshops with various professional uh, mm-hmm. people like they did a tap in Charleston workshop one time. Oh, They've done like some stuff with... A really cool great. vocal coaches and things yeah. like that. Um, so you get to do that if you're a member. Um, but if you skip a number of shows, right. then you don't. You, you, you sort of fall yeah, off the membership. You either go down to an associate member, which was what I was when I was overseas, mm-hmm. um, which is you still you know get to vote and mm-hmm. be in the society, but you don't get to perform in the shows right. until you re-audition. Um, because basically the whole point is that they're trying to be, let's not just have people like coming in to do this one show and like being the lead no, we're a company you want to be a company and an ensemble and it's so nice. far it's worked really well and you i mean ah, oh, i've got some really great friends that i've met through footlights or become closer with through footlights and i think it works 
really well. It's a really fun, friendly way to do musical theatre. Who's driving it? Uh, so the chairman is Michael Stebbings. Oh, yeah. Um, who is wonderful. Uh, he and I actually just <laughs> not more pitches for stuff, but um, I'm writing a show which is going up in August at BATS. Um, assuming we sign and return our <laughs> that contract. We haven't yes. signed and returned yet. Sign your contract, um, everybody. But yeah, my partner James and I are co-writing the script. Um, it's called Milady. Milady. Uh, it is a oh musical God. about men's rights activists. I was just going to say, is it about men's rights it activists? It is. Um, it's going to have an all-female cast in drag, and Michael Stebbings is doing our music, and it's it's really that exciting. That sounds amazing. It's going to be really and, fun. And is it with Footlights or that's separate? <laughs> this is with Red Scare. Um, right. This is with my company. Yeah. So we're still looking for a director at the moment. Um. But yeah, we're sort of in the process. Are of, you just? I'm about um, to study. <laughs> We're in the processes of, uh, yeah, getting that into sort of a, we're going to do a workshop end of March, I think. So that's all the, mm-hmm. yeah. So writing a musical. <laughs> uh, so did you watch Smash, the TV show Smash? I did watch Smash. I bloody Actually, loved it. Well, okay. The first season I, I loved and the second season I hate watched. I didn't see the second season because I was oh. like, I don't know if I can deal with this. Also, I I, without Ivy, then what is the point of the show? She because did. The she other did. One, yeah, no, it's okay. <laughs> Ivy, Ivy was around. Like that's good. But like, I, yeah, do you know I just how, didn't. <laughs> watch like go go and find just like the last episode of mm. season two because okay. it was very satisfying. Oh good. Um, but yeah, like hilarious. Mm. Oh my god, season season. Anyway, so yeah, watching that quite not quite bad, but like, <laughs> it's still good. Really bad and so, but like good bad, and also full of actual Broadway actors, which was mm. amazing, which is fun. Um, and also the idea of a musical about Marilyn Monroe, like what a fucking great show. They've got to actually make that show. Mm, and it's one of those things where apparently they have tried to make the musical about Marilyn Monroe. I'm sure several writers have tried it and it's probably. gone badly each time. And I'm like, this probably would be the best version of it and people yeah. would see it. So Because we watched the TV show and we yeah. really liked it. But the reason I brought up that is because in that, that's about watching the process of creating a musical mm. in a very Broadway way, which yeah. is very different to how you make a show in Wellington, especially if it's like a show at Bats. But like... You know, there was a person who wrote the music and a person who wrote the book. Is that basically how you did it? Or? Um, I, like the particular way that I've worked, I've written um, three, well, including the one that I'm working on now. Mm-hmm. Uh, I've written the book and lyrics for three musicals. Mm-hmm. And I've also written a play with songs, which was kind of mostly play and then had songs like five or six songs in it yeah. but I feel it doesn't count as a main musical mm-hmm. um and the other three all had Bruno Shirley as the composer who's mm-hmm. also um on the board of Red Scare so we founded the company together um and then this one's with Michael and also with James as co-writer um but the way that I've tended to write stuff is that I um write basically like I'm writing a play and I write lyrics to a song with a fake rhythm that I've made up in my head and just sort of go for it Mm -hmm. and then um Bruno and then or or in this case Michael comes along and adds in music and they go what does that feel like what is this yeah let's try doing adding music to these lyrics um and then goes hey this doesn't really work with the thing that I'm doing can you like rephrase these lyrics so that they Mm -hmm. fit more with this or you know and then we start sort of collaborating from that point where they go like hey we need another verse and then I'm like cool I'll write another verse for you what sort of time signature do you need what sort of rhythm do you need or like we feel like this would be great with some counterpoint can we Mm. have two things going on at the same time from this person can you put a reprise here and that sort of stuff um and yeah what usually it tends to be um structurally the the play part of it which is we call the book for Mm -hmm. people that don't know um Mm -hmm. tends to be coming from me um and then the composer does the the music stuff and then um gives uh, suggestions for lyrical changes and additions that Mm -hmm. you know um uh stuff that's related to the music 
But um, I know that that's not how lots of other musical writers do it. A lot of them start with the music first or they work much more closely collaboratively together Mm -hmm. from the very start. And it's just that I've found a certain way that I like to work with composers. But um, There's many paths up the mountain. Yeah, there's a lot of different ways you can do it. Mm -hmm. I mean, I really like, if you like podcasts and you want to (laughs) learn more about musicals, there's a fantastic one called Broadway Backstory, which it's it's great. It's only six episodes long, which means it's... um, yeah, really digestible in like a single day. Um, but it's this guy, uh, Patrick, who's the journalist that runs it. Um, he's been a journalist working in the Broadway community for a really long time. So he knows all of the people that mm-hmm. have worked on all these shows. And so he'll do something like his first two episodes are a two part one on In the Heights. And so, mm. yeah, like apparently he was the guy that first did an interview, uh, interview with Lemon Wal Miranda um, back when he was first, you know, starting out just in the. Yeah basement of the drama book, uh, drama bookshop they just had a chat together and so you can talk he talks to people cool. about their um yeah their, their process which is really cool yeah. um so that's what's really exciting if you like podcasts i'd say check that one out <laughs> if you're listening to this hopefully you do love podcasts yeah. um cool and so how long have you been how long has been musical theater been this like i mean because you're writing musicals now mm. that's awesome but it takes a while to get to that point. Like you don't just start off writing musicals, yeah, I'm I mean, assuming. Yeah, I um, grew up with musical theatre being a big part of my childhood. Um, mm-hmm. My mum and my dad to an extent, but it comes from my mum, are really big fans of musical theatre. Mm-hmm. Um, my, my, when I was a kid, mostly it was stuff that was my mum's taste <laughs> that we would listen to in the car a lot. We had a lot of cassettes. That's the rules, right? You grow up Oliver, on your parents. Uh, just yeah. the amazing Technicolor Dreamcoat. One of the first uh, like albums that I bought for myself when I was a child, it's pretty embarrassing, was Andrew Lloyd Webber Gold, because I didn't have good musical theatre taste yet when I was a child, and I thought Andrew Lloyd Webber was really good. Um, I, got to see, I got to see Cats when I was like 12. Yeah, and then we which got is the best of... time to see Cats as yes! well. <laughs> also, my friend went to Jesus Christ Superstar, mm. the New Zealand version, and oh, got the, the recording. the version? I, <laughs> I saw that as well. I didn't see it, but I have the CD, and so I know all the songs That's that were on the CD. I don't know Blood Money. Oh, they just, just cut out. They just cut out wasn't not on the hits. Yeah, I hate that when they're like, "This is the selections," but not all the but main the thing ones. Is, it's most of it. Yeah, but not it's blood always money. weird. Anyway, anyway, yeah. but yeah. So you grew up on these. So books. grew yeah. up with those. Um, yeah. and I like my first ever musical. I was in The King and I when I was ten. Um, I was one of the children. I was the only Asian child in the, the Asian child family. Everybody else was just pretending. Um, oh, God. But it was at Emporia Little Theatre. Uh, okay. So, okay. you know, it was a little community theatre thing. And my mum was the props lady on it because she had to drive me out to rehearsals every, you know. So they made and they so they, gave her a job. They gave her a job, basically. And then she actually was in Les Miserables the next year. Um, or it might have been the... Who was no, she? No, two years later. She was in the chorus. Oh, please. She had to stand on a stool and hold the French flag at one point. That was her big... Like, she's like, I don't know, I might fall off the stool. It's very wobbly. Um, but it's the only theatrical role I think she's ever done. And it's also, it's her favorite show. So she yeah. was so excited. Um, but that's like her one star in glory moment. I wave, I wave, um, a, I wave a flag. Yeah, I wave the flag. Yeah. And at one point the, the, there was a, a bridal suite, like the bridal couple in the bridal suite in Master of the House when he's singing about like all the people in the inn. Yeah. The bride was sick. And so she had to be the fill-in bride. <laughs> was she's like, oh my God. Her understudy moment. Um, yeah, so... That was that was also pretty fun. Um, but yeah, then I didn't really do much other than high school stuff, which mm-hmm. everybody does in high school. All the um, drama kids. Yeah, all, all the, the drama kids doing all the school productions. And then when I was 17, I was in Miss Saigon, which was oh, at yeah. WMT. And so mm-hmm. then I've been 
doing lots of performance and writing and musical theatre related stuff constantly from that point onwards. Right. Um, yeah, but the first play that I wrote was Right Dishonorable, which was the first musical that mm -hmm. me and Bruno wrote together. So it was mm -hmm. us kind of, you know, not knowing what we were doing. We we're 20 um, and had just been like, well, we could make a company. I think this is, this will be fine. Um, <laughs> no one's sort of, here to tell us that this is a bad idea. You know, just so flagging our it. way through it. Yeah. Um, and yeah, it worked fairly all right. Um, and we managed to find a really fantastic production manager and a really cool stage manager, both of whom we're still really good friends with. And Freya, who was our stage manager in that show, is um, still like executive director of Red Scare today. So she's Amazing. still working on the company and working on our current show with us as well. Um, so, yeah, we were quite fortunate that we had a whole lot of really fantastic people join us and... Um, yeah, that we managed to kind of uh, fake our way through it until we'd finished it. And <laughs> the best way, <laughs> It right? was great. Um, yeah, so that was always really, really cool. I mean, it was quite fortuitous. We sort of just met each other. Um, we'd been in a different show where he was musical director mm -hmm. director, and I was in it um, and we're chatting at a party, like a cast party one time. And he's like, you know what? I've always wanted to write a musical. And I'm like, I've always wanted to write the book of a musical. <laughs> and you're like, wait oh. a minute. <laughs> He's like, that's the part I don't know how to do. And so, yeah, it was born, our that's collaboration. Great. And it was called Right Dishonorable. Yes, it was a political satire. Um, of course it was. Yeah, and so it's like Right Honorable, Right Dishonorable. Oh, uh, I a see. Clever thing. It was basically um, based around a fictionalization of the life of Vermin Supreme, who is an Vermin actual... Vermin Supreme. He's an actual guy. Uh, he runs for president of the United States every year. Um, he his, his policy is that everybody in America gets a free pony. Um, and that everyone should get uh, free toothbrushes and toothbrushing must be mandatory. Um, but basically his whole, his whole, like, oh, he also wears a gumboot on his head. Um, that's his, vermin or vermin? A uh, vermin, like the rats. Um, Amazing. Yeah. And he's just a very fascinating, interesting man. And so we thought we'd write a story about, yeah, a world in which he manages to eventually, spoiler alert, become the prime minister of Fredonia, uh, which was the fake country we put him in. Mm -hmm. um it was yeah very silly uh probably not very good if i look back at it i'm sure there were some good moments yeah um but people i have some friends that were involved that are like we gotta we gotta revive it we gotta do a revival and, and i'm like, like mm, do we after extensive rewrites <laughs> yes <laughs> just a few rewrites about it my man just closing the door um, um but yeah so mm. uh that probably not going to be coming back very soon. Uh, who knows, though? If I have a bit of time, <laughs> maybe I'll get some time to rewrite it. Who knows? Mm. And then you wrote another one together. Yes. Uh, we did another show in 2014 Fringe called Bloodlines, mm -hmm. um, which was, um, I, I think, my favorite part about Bloodlines. It, it was kind of just a, a family drama. It's about um, two women who are trying to, one of them's trying to get pregnant and they're with their best friend's um, uh, sperm. And then it's kind of about their relationship. Did you um, say two women, so like a yeah, it's like a lesbian couple, yeah. and then yeah. like uh, the one who was pregnant is also trying to find her uh, birth parents um, and you know reconnect with them, and is unsure about how her relationship should start with them. Mm -hmm. um, meanwhile, the the one who's not having the child is sort of feeling threatened by their the best friend, like the male best friend, kind of getting more and more into the relationship and sort of inserting himself into their story, mm -hmm. um, and. Yeah, so it's all just a sort of domestic drama. Mm -hmm. um, and the really cool thing about it was that we had this fantastic multi-talented cast that played all their own instruments. Oh, wow. So all the performers were, um, yeah, also doing the piano and the violin. And we had this one 
guy, the guy that played, um, <laughs> he just played the doctor so that we could give him all of the instruments to play on stage the entire time. So he had like a couple of songs where he had to sing as the doctor. He also played the piano, the clarinet, the saxophone, the xylophone at one point. Um, probably some like, at some point everybody played, played percussion, I think. Mm-hmm. <laughs> um, it was quite cool. It's just, all right, sit really here great. and beat in time. <laughs> Good job. Good. Yeah. Um, so that, that was a really, that was still like a, a show that has a really special place in my heart, I think, because it was just so inspiring and I wasn't um I don't like directing my own shows I like directing and I like writing but yeah it's possible. good to keep those separate right? yeah and I know some people really really don't think that and I totally understand the view of like I've made this and I'm gonna still keep tinkering with it until it's on you know opening mm. night um but personally I always find like I don't know the, the, the philosophy that I have is like if I've written a play I can see it really clearly from one direction um but you need someone you else to look at have it that other perspective yeah um and so that was the first one where I'd written it and then Erin um who was our production manager for the first show came in and directed it um and it was really wonderful watching her kind of bring it to life without having to be involved in mm. that sort of yeah I was just production managing so I had to do all the behind the scenes managerial stuff but not the creative stuff right and it was really it was a really beautiful experience um yeah wow now you write a lot of things as well, because right? <laughs> so you've been writing musical theatre, and that's mm. it, and would you say that's kind of your main thing? Um, that's your I passion, or I, I'm passionate about musical theatre as like my interests and my like life. I also am passionate about theatre, full stop, and mm-hmm. about non musical theatre. Um, but if I had to choose one thing to talk about as a jam, like my, then, probably then musical theatre, the thing that it? I the thing which I know more about than like, <laughs> a lot more people is probably musical theatre. What is um, the best the best musical in the world? My favorite musical is Caroline or Change, okay. um, which is from 2004. It's by Tony Kushner and Janine Tesori. Um, mm-hmm. And everybody's like, Tony Kushner wrote a musical? And I'm like, yes, he's written many things that aren't Angels in America, guys. He's actually quite <laughs> prolific. Expand um, your horizons. Uh, yeah, <laughs> and it's written with Janine Tesori, who wrote Fun Home, if you um, I don't know. know. Fun Home is so good. Okay, you have to listen right. to, oh, Fun Home is uh, about Alison Bechdel. It's okay. You can also oh. listen to Fun Home. It's great. Right. Um, it's like... Yeah, a couple. It's from 2015. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, this one is about. Uh, it starred star Tonya Pinkins, mm-hmm. and it's basically about this woman who is living in Louisiana in the civil rights era, mm-hmm. um, and works as a maid for this Jewish family, um, mm-hmm. and basically about her uh, struggle with having to put the economic success of her family ahead of her own dreams and her own. Um, liberation and it's kind of basically I think what I find so moving and inspiring about it as a musical is that it's about instead of the people that went out and marched for freedom in the civil rights era and the people that went out and changed the world it's about the people that went to work without you know like without feeling like proud about what they were doing so that they could get the money to put food on the table for their kids who would go out and change the world so it's yeah this beautiful character portrait I think Caroline is one of the best characters in theater um Mm -hmm. let alone musical theater i think she's so complex and wonderful and tonya pinkins performance is astounding what would i have seen tonya Um, pinkins she is very musical theatery um so (laughs) so if you don't know musical theater i'm trying to think of other things all the other examples i can do is other musicals i like like the wild party the lacusa version which is great and i want to do sometime it's based on this 1920s epic poem um but that's also fantastic. There's another. There's two versions of the Wild Party. The rights for the poem lapsed mm-hmm. in the like for the, in the same 
you know, because it was the copyright oh, right, was right, finished. Yeah. And so two people wrote a musical in the same year. Oh. <laughs> and so this one guy uh, opened off Broadway, another guy opened on Broadway. <laughs> like, so which time. one? So one of them won? Um, the, neither or? of them, because I mean, they don't really compete because Off-Broadway is oh. a different league to Broadway. I think the Broadway one's better. Um, mm-hmm. other, I think the Off-Broadway one has had more life since. I think people right. put that one on a lot more. That's interesting. But, yeah. yeah. So that's side note. She's in that as well. She's, mm-hmm. yeah, she's great. <laughs> she's, I met her. I didn't actually... Um, <gasps> Because you yeah. was it when you went to New York? When I was in New York, because I was working at a signature theater, which is um, this fantastic off Broadway theater um, that just is wonderful. And uh, during one of the opening nights, she was there, and so I was like, "Oh, it's Tony Pinkins! Oh my gosh!" And I think I like had to get her a drink, and she was like, "Thank you." And I was like, "Oh, she she spoke to me." <laughs> I'm never washing my ears again. Oh uh-huh. man, it was yeah. There's <laughs> okay. I have a question. Uh, tangential. Yeah. So there's off Broadway and Broadway. Yes. And Broadway is literally a street. Broadway is or a not. street, but um, Broadway theaters don't aren't necessarily all on Broadway. Right. Broadway basically is to do with the size of the house. Right. Um, and also that you have to be in the Broadway League, which is like a special. Um, is it like organization. a club? Yeah, it's literally basically a club. like a club. It's like right. there's forty three. I'm probably wrong, but I think it's forty three theaters, oh which God. are in the Broadway League. And those are all the ones, and you know, they're not all necessarily on at the same time, mm-hmm. but like, you know, uh, those are all the ones that count as a Broadway show. Right. Um, if you're not in that, then you're off Broadway. And that, and that's just literally in one city. It's like, just, you're, you're in New York City. You're, you're on Broadway or you're, you're Broadway or off Broadway. And you're off Broadway and you're in New York City. And then there's also off, off Broadway, which is kind <laughs> which of is like a, the fringe venues. Yeah. It's like a cheeky right. term for like the fringe venues. Yeah. Um, and you get really great stuff at off, off Broadway as well. You get bad stuff and great stuff at all three of those things. It's yeah. just that. Broadway is obviously bigger because big budget. Um, well, know. they had that Spider-Man musical. So yeah, I, you they've know. had this you know, bad the stuff. Spider-Man musical has been there. Um, Off-Broadway has had both like the original productions of Hamilton and Fun Home mm-hmm. um, and, you know, Signature Theatre and all of these fantastic things. Mm-hmm. And it also has like Sheer Madness, which has got a pun about shearing because it's about a, a hairdresser, which uh, is open at the moment. And I was like, this looks terrible. Um, did you so go? I didn't. I actually was offered free tickets to that. And I didn't go to it. Thank you. <laughs> so I was like, I don't know if I have time. Yeah. yeah, and then Off Off Broadway both has, you know, it's like The Fringe. You have fantastic, fantastic shows at The Fringe. Holy crap. And you have other ones where you were like, oh my God, I can't believe that this happened and I was witness to it. (laughs) Um, No one will believe me when I tell them of this day. Yeah. Then again, that can also apply to the good ones. (laughs) Same phrase. That's true. That could be both a good thing or a bad thing. Depends how you say it. Like, are you smiling? Are you dying inside? Yeah. Uh, I'd love listening to like all the different titles of things you're saying because i used to have this weird idea about theater and i think i keep having it about different genres in general like i'm like okay so theater is plays and mostly plays are by shakespeare and when you want to put on a play Mm. you put on a play that's already been written you find a play and you do it and Mm. it took me it was a it was a really fascinating uh revelation for me when I realized that you could write new plays <laughs> and that there was this wider world of plays out there and that mm. Shakespeare wasn't the only playwright from that time even let yeah. alone the only playwright ever and then I had a sim I think I had a similar thing with like board games like I used to be like <laughs> I used to be like yeah the games are Monopoly, Monopoly chess, chess, Checkers yeah those are the games and then everything else is like a weird why would you try and then you're like no games like there's, there's so many there things so you many can good do. games guys and then I'm like, okay so musical theater uh, you know, there's lamers and there's mm. cats. Well, like Andrew Lloyd Webber and mm. uh, and that sort of thing. And then you go, oh no, there's 
there's new things. There's rap musicals. There's there's Hamilton. There's Spring Awakening. There's mm. all these other things, and you go, oh, holy shit! There's yeah. this huge range of musical theater out there yeah and i think um one of the another most common misconception about musical theater which i find less from people that do theater but from people Mm -hmm. that don't really do theater at all is Mm -hmm. generally the thing is that musical theater is all one genre that's what i was gonna say yeah Yeah, literally it just means like theater that is music music. (laughs) so you know if you like music there is a musical that you like yeah you know like maybe you haven't found it yet but if you like music then there is a musical that's on that style of music Mm. like there are you know there's all sorts some of very, stuff. There are some like completely strange genre musicals that you'd never expect would be a thing. And yet, that you know, I'm trying to think of like um, sort of odd recent genre interpolation I can things. think of like experimental, what, what seems to be kind of experimental, like the last five years. Last five years. Which is like, the, I would even say that's classic musical theatre, but it's... But, um, but, the, but the structure yeah. of it being, because the structure, for those listening at home, mm. um, the structure is that you've got two, it's only two people in the whole show. Mm. And there are people in a relationship and one of them is starting at the end of the relationship and the start of the play and the other one's at the beginning and they both go through time and in the middle of the play they meet in the middle mm. and then the rest of it, like the other one is now at the end of the relationship and the other one's now at the start. And so you've got that sort of fascinating yeah. structure thing going on, mm. um, which you go, oh, musical theatre doesn't just have to be grand Huge ensemble numbers of dancing. That you need to have a, a chorus, and I mean, one of the funny things about Footlights, which mm. I, you know, um, part of their whole mandate is that you need to have the option for all performing members to be in the show that we do, mm-hmm. um, because that's part of the thing. If you're in the company, then you get you're to be in the allowed show. to be in the show if you want to be in the show. Mm-hmm. Um, which means that, but it, it, it's surprising the amount of shows that everybody's like, I really want to do this one, and you're like, there are seven characters, yeah. we can't do that. It needs to have a chorus. It's got to have enough roles for everybody to do or it's got to have if it doesn't have a chorus it's got to have 20 roles like, yeah yeah um, you've got it you, you so need many... to have like sort of have that side allowance to be like great this is a footlights production with seven people <laughs> yeah well there are there are plans i don't know <laughs> um but yeah there uh, there's this um misconception that everything has got a big ensemble and i think back in the mm. day that was more the case but more recently mm. It's the same with both both plays and musicals that they get smaller and smaller and smaller. Like you look at a play from the 1930s mm-hmm. and it will have a cast of like 25 mm-hmm. and then some of those people will be like waiter and then just, you know, like, oh, salesman and salesman mm. has three lines and, you know, we don't do that because of budget nowadays. Yeah, that's like if I'm writing a play, it. I'm like, I can't write a salesman that has three lines. Like firstly, that actor, that must suck for them. And secondly, like how who's going to pay for that actor to be in it? Yes. And musicals do sort of feel that crutch sometimes as well, even though obviously there's more of a need to keep that large chorus for a musical because you do have everybody is singing at once as a chorus and that's an interesting yeah. enough thing to do as an actor and um, enough of a big spectacle to watch as a you know as an audience member. Mm. Um, so that's why I think chorus musicals have persisted even though like cast of millions with everybody being played by a different actor <laughs> plays is sort of getting less and less yeah. but there's still the thing you know if you're like a really small fringe style show then you know having more than like six or seven people is pretty prohibitive sometimes and so everybody's starting to adapt to that but you get some really beautiful stuff um because you're forced to make your show more intimate and more specific mm-hmm. um and base it around such a small cast um yeah, I think that's people. People's creativity is always 
like set alight by having different limitations and enabling constraints exactly yeah Yeah. you have to make something that makes the audience go with only three people in a bowl of string (laughs) i mean they've just got a show on now which i mean i hear isn't that good um like in terms of book troubles but i think it's still an inspiring story which is an acapella musical which is the first acapella broadway musical um which is pretty it's like pretty exciting i mean i'm like i had that idea when i was in barbershop choir at school Um, but I didn't do it, so <laughs> someone else did it first. Isn't that they're the first a cappella one on Broadway? Like, as a musical, that's, yeah. um, at least on Broadway. I'm sure that somebody must have done an a cappella musical at some point, but this is Someone the first... went, I can't find any pianists. Yeah, we do? let's go da-da-da-da-da. <laughs> um, but, you know, this is the first big one that's professional and has, um, you know, like, a- award-winning beatboxes doing all of the percussion oh. and stuff, because it's all, um, yeah. Uh, so... Yeah, I don't know. I mean, I hear it's not fantastic, but I can't judge because yeah. I haven't seen it. It's probably less to do with the form they're using yeah, and exactly. more to do with the structure. I think like, everybody's like, there's... it's really exciting, the music. It's just that the book is really boring. <laughs> yeah. That must like be what holds it up because there's only so much, like, you know, when you've got a cast of millions and you're doing mm. a big grand spectacle thing going mm. on, there's nothing for, for the audience to hook into and go, gosh, I'm feeling these characters or I'm really loving the story. Then like at the end of it, they'll go, well, it was nice singing and dancing. Exactly. But that's not yeah. the core of it. It's is. like when people tell me, oh, this movie, I didn't really like the characters, but it was beautiful. I'm like, that's not for me. <laughs> no, <laughs> I, thank you. I'm not, I could watch a picture. I just, um, no, I watch a screensaver no. if that's what I cared about. I want to see some people I like. There's like a line though as well. Like there's, there's, there's huge spectacle, great story. Awesome. Mm, yes. Huge spectacle, Midland story. And no, like, thank you. But then huge spectacle, fucking hilarious train wreck story. Back up to enjoyable. <laughs> like like Jupiter up. Ascending, I'm like, I'm in. I've never seen that oh one. My oh, my God, it's God, hilarious. I it's so, like, it's stupid, but again, beautiful. Right. Like, beautiful visuals and amazing. But it's basically a film about space estate law. <laughs> and you go, what? <laughs> Why? Who okayed this? But that's Eddie fine. Eddie Redmayne, you are terrible in this. Uh-huh. He is awful. Oh, what are you doing? You know. Get out of there. But Sean Bean's in there and you're like, Sean Bean, are you going to die? <laughs> you die in everything. Sean Bean, does he, su- does he survive the film? Yeah. Oh, good job. So you're like, yes, yeah, Sean. Sean Bean. Good job, dude. But yeah, it's, it's so alarming. Whenever you see Sean Bean on screen, you're just like, oh, oh no. no. When's he going to die? <laughs> He's so good at dying. Yeah. We could Only we could all be that good. Um, so you're... Are you doing anything in Fringe that's musically? Uh, no, I'm mm. actually directing a show at the moment, which is going to be on the week after Fringe, mm-hmm. uh, and that is not a musical at all. <gasps> right. Um, it's the New Zealand premiere of David Henry Huang's Yellow Face, which oh, is yes, I've seen the um, Facebooky things. really, really cool, really, Great. really fantastic play, um, which is yeah, it was Pulitzer Prize nominated back in 2008, mm-hmm. and you should come along and see it. It's going to be at the Tarea Performing Arts Centre at the 9th of March onwards, mm-hmm. um, and yeah, it's it's really it's been a really fun uh, job. It's the sort of the first thing we've done with my company that hasn't been written by me or friends of me, mm-hmm. um, <laughs> which is uh, exciting. And um, yeah, it's one of those plays which I, I actually was reading it in a bookstore the first time I read it, and I had to go somewhere at eight o'clock. And then I was sitting there and I was like, I'll start reading this at, you know, 6.30. And then I got there and it was like 7.30 and I realized that I had half an hour and I had to get on the bus right now because I was going to miss where I was going. But you were so absorbed in it. But I was so absorbed in it. Um, And it's like just really, really funny, very, very fast paced and very, very clever, um, very nuanced play Mm -hmm. that... um, Yeah, I mean, I think, I guess because my first musical was a political satire, I do like 
things which are satirical. You like making a point. <laughs> I, like, I do like political satire stuff, and mm-hmm. this is kind of a, a little bit of that satirical edge to it, but mm-hmm. it's mostly, it's, you know, it's partly a play about race and identity and partly a play about a man and his dad. Um, and it's, mm-hmm. it's yeah, it's really, um, like, unexpectedly funny. I think people come into it and they're like, oh, this is going to be like a race play. <laughs> um, uh, but it's, A race play. It's, it's very much not a race play. Be um, prepared to feel guilty, audience. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and it's, uh, it's been a lot of fun working with the cast because most of them I hadn't worked with before. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, I think there's always a bit of a worry if you're directing something and you're not sure exactly how the cast is going to get on and you're like, yep. oh, hopefully everybody's friends. Um, but so far, everybody is. Been, everybody's friends. Everyone's hanging out. Everyone's going getting beers together. It's good. That's so good. Um, That's very satisfying as a director. You're yeah. Like, oh, good. They like each other. Yeah. I don't have to go into damage control trying That's to get right. people to be friends. Uh, yeah. But you do have plans for more musical theatre this year? Yes. Yes. Um, so, yeah, I have um, two shows coming up later this year. We've started doing a thing with Red Scare where we announce our season at the beginning of, at, well, the end of the previous year and mm-hmm. then go through. So we have Milady, uh, the oh, yes. Rights musical. Yes. Coming up in August. Um, yeah. What's which, driven that? What's driven the... So this was honestly that me and James were joking around. So James is my partner. Um, as James well as Kane. my co-writer on excellent, this. Excellent guy. Love excellent, that dude. Excellent, just top-notch guy. Mm-hmm. Um, we were joking around about like, what if there was a musical called Milady and we were like, oh my God, that would be like men's rights activists and they would yeah. all just be like, but they'd be doing like one from a chorus line except they'd all have fedoras. It would be great. Um, and then we were like, but what if we did, what if we did that though? And then we did, what if we did that though for about... 18 months and then it's, <laughs> this is where we are um, and you went this is happening yeah, we're here doing we go it. um yeah. it's you know structurally it is an homage to another musical which i feel like if you rack your brains you can probably guess from the title but we don't have any rights so i'm not gonna say it um but Tap in my nose, yeah, yeah. yeah. um but really it's, it's gonna be a lot of fun and i think i mean part of the thing we talked about was i was like we can't have any female characters really in this because the whole thing is it's about men that don't understand women basically it's about these guys that just have no idea how women work and so then i was like ah but if we make all like the whole convention is that they're all played by women then because, I mean, we're, both of us were concerned, like, we don't want to do a show that, even if it's making a point about the fact that all the characters yeah. are men, doesn't give any women employment, especially when, you know, in musical theatre specifically, um, mm-hmm. but in theatre generally, you have a lot more female actors around than and, you have And more men. male roles, don't you? Yeah, yeah, generally more male roles and, more, and, and less female actors. And so we're like, well, I think this play actually works better and mm-hmm. is a more funny satire if you write it for women in drag. Um, and so, yeah, that's been our aim from the very start. Um, and that's what we're writing a musical for. And that was another thing. We've, we approached Michael with this music and I was like, hey, um, so I'm not going to pretend this is a really like, you know, uh, <laughs> that this is a uh, this is a small project you can dash off in your spare time. Like it's got 16 <laughs> songs. It's only female. So you have to write music for female voices only and do interesting harmonies with that. Yes. Um, <laughs> make the songs varied. And they're pretending to be men. So, yeah. so they yeah. can't be too soprano. You, you've only got a limited range that you can sing in. <laughs> Um, now make it good go can you make it good um and he just is fantastic and like rides that challenge um um, but yeah i'm i'm really excited for it Mm -hmm. 
start talking to some of the great drag kings around really drag kings and we've actually talked to i well, actually like a couple of weeks ago i just yeah. talked to jen fowler excellent um, and was like hey um i don't know if you do costume design or if you don't do costume design can you just like advise us on drag stuff and so she's pretty keen to she, be involved she's great Hugo as drag is... king advisor which i'm like that's like international standard drag king so that's pretty cool <laughs> Oh my god, Hugo Girl is amazing. And yeah. it took me so long to click that Hugo Girl is Hugo Girl. Me too. Oh my god. She did a post on on Facebook or something being like, oh, the people that haven't got it, Hugo Girl is like Hugo Girl. And I was like, <gasps> my <Yeah. blown."> <laughs> <laughs> I for some reason it made me think of like Hugo Boss. Like yeah. it was Hugo Girl, like Hugo Boss. And now yeah, I'm like, I'm like, why was I such an idiot? <laughs> such an idiot. Anyway, anyway, yeah. that's awesome. That's what I was gonna be like, if you haven't already talked to her, <laughs> you, you get on that talk now. To her yeah. Like the work she does on Hugo's mustache is <laughs> amazing. Yeah. Like I, I did um tragic mic with her oh, and the right, cool. thing and like, oh my god, just watching watching Jen Fowler drag Hugo Girl and strip for a room of screaming women <laughs> was just Beautiful. Sounds quick, great. Quick. <laughs> <laughs> awesome. And so you got that and you said you had another, no, there's oh, yes. two of the shows. Um, and you I've written, a, like, so I've actually written a one-man show, um, mm-hmm. which is for uh, a friend of mine, Chris Green, who mm-hmm. is, um, I've known since back 2012 or so. I think he was actually mm-hmm. in the show with me and Bruno when I met. Mm-hmm. Um, and he'd sort of been like, oh, I really want you guys to write me, like, can you write me like a... I think he's probably like, can you write me a comedic musical one man show? And I was like, no, I'll write you a dramatic non musical one man show. Here you go. Um, and did you so, actually like hand it to that's, him? Or? That's actually what I kind of. Well, I, I did email him just being like, this is not going the way I thought it was going to go, but I really want to write it. Do you still want to be in it? Um, and he's been game the whole time. Uh, he's awesome. touring Coltown Blues at the moment. Mm-hmm. Um, he's been doing it for years now, actually, um, as just a one-man show around really small community theatres, which is pretty cool, because if you know Coltown Blues, it's a New Zealand um, New Zealand play that's set uh, basically in a small coal mining town back in the 1930s, mm-hmm. um, and so it's sort of all about being in a um, kind of poor working class uh, community in that sort of, yeah, I think it's in the East Coast, mm-hmm. um, and so I think he's been trying to do outreach and go and yeah, visit people in those uh, smaller places that don't get so many like traveling shows from mm. Wellington rather than just going to like the big cities and yeah. um, the smaller, even the smaller cities. Like <laughs> it's like lots of towns and I'm like, I don't know where that is, yeah. but I'm it's really like glad you... they're getting a season of this show. Yeah. It's like arts um, on tour stuff, sort of style tour or um, even I'm, smaller. I have, I don't think it's arts on tour. I don't think he's it's just got a thing. Himself? I think he's just doing it. He has it's as a teacher. Like ah. <laughs> he just has time off and he's like, I'm not teaching economics at the moment. I'm going to go and do these shows. Good system. Um, and I'm like, great. So I, I don't know. Economically just, sound. No, yeah. <laughs> Um, but yeah, so hopefully, uh, that's going to be in November. We haven't got a theater for it yet. Right. Um, we're still sort of in the process of organizing that, but it's a little bit away. So I'm going to keep thinking about that one. Um, yeah, it's, everything's on the go. And then I have like my other project, which is for the next, for next year is an audio drama, which Mm -hmm. is going to be the next thing I do after this group um so that's going to be very exciting as well there's so many shows (laughs) and yeah that one's also a musical actually the audio drama sort of songs thing (laughs) what is it about musicals that that like just makes you happy i think i um i love musicals because i mean the the most facetious and simple answer is probably that i love musicals because i love music and i love theater and why would you not have them both together Mm. um but i think more than just that it's that i think that 
putting the two of them together gives something else that individually they don't necessarily provide like the music that I enjoy is always stuff which has a strong narrative focus to it Mm -hmm. that's you know about something and about a story and I think that musical theatre songs because they have that element to them I connect with them a lot more Mm -hmm. and then I find that music is emotionally um just so satisfying in a way that um it's harder to get to without musical stuff I mean like Mm -hmm. even plays that are straight plays that I really really love um you know one of the things that I really enjoy about theatre is when you go see something that's a straight play with fantastic sound design because oh, yes. sound designers do not get enough appreciation. Um, they, you know, it's such a fantastic discipline and mm. it can really elevate emotionally and environmentally yes. how, you, you know, your experience of a theatre show. Yes. Um, and, yeah, I think that musical theatre is the best of both of those. I find that the most, like, yeah, profound moments of theatre, like theatrical watching that I've had have been in musicals usually because there's just something that yeah I mean I think I can't remember who exactly says it but the whole adage is if you cannot speak any more then you have to sing and then you can't sing any more then you have to dance Mm -hmm. and that's why musical theatre exists Um, and so I think the moments where people cannot physically speak their their feelings and their their thoughts and they have to do it through song is really um yeah, there's, there's all these different layers of meaning, which I think a lot of them are subconscious. And a lot of the stuff we get from music, why do minor chords make us feel sad? Why do major chords mm. make us feel happy? We don't know exactly why that is. Why does, why does a discord make us feel so uncomfortable? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> we know, like, you can logically point it out, but then you're like, is there any reason biologically why we have this? No. I think, like, you know, music is one of the strangest and most fantastic things <laughs> that we have. Yeah. And I think, yeah, that you can link it to emotion and the human experience and... um all of these things through theatre and through storytelling mm-hmm. um, is why those really profound moments happen. Um, yeah, I think there's also, like, I don't know, there tends to be sort of snobbery around musical theatre, I think, because it's associated with, like, I guess the commercial musical theatre, just because commercial musical theatre is the more, like, common time that you'd see if you're not really working in it's that industry. It's the stuff that gets out to the world wider. Yeah, and yeah. it's the stuff that sells to people that might not necessarily be wanting to go and, mm-hmm. like, see more complicated stuff. Mm-hmm. And I think it's kind of, um, it's a shame that people are like, oh, musicals, the only ones that there are are, like, Mamma Mia and mm. Cats. <laughs> um, and there's nothing wrong with that. It's just and it's that like, those so are fun, more. but there is such a broader range of things. Yeah. And I think, I do, yeah, I always think that people that don't like musical theatre just haven't seen the right musical theatre. It's like, <laughs> yeah, it's like people that just don't like most types of art. I think you just, there is, there is a version of that art that you would like. It's mm. just, you know. <laughs> yeah, it's just if you, like, it might take a while to find it and whether yeah. you want to invest that time is up to you, but it's out there. But there's definitely something for you. Yeah. Um, yeah, that's, that's what great. I'd say. <laughs> that's so great. I, I reckon we probably, yeah, that's a good whack of time, I reckon. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> the thing with the recording podcast, guys, you're going to hear behind the scenes, is that my recording thing records it in bars instead of time. So hmm. we've done 12,000, uh, 1,200 bars. 1,200 bars of 4-4 four, four time. Of 4-4 four, four time. <laughs> Uh, so I don't know how long that is, but you know what? I'm gonna, it seems I'm, like a lot. Yeah. It's, it's a bunch. It's a bunch. It's fine. But that was that's so great, and uh, I hope that Milady goes so well. Oh man! Well, it's not till August, so we've got a bunch got of time. time to get excited about yes. it. But um, yeah, great. If well, you're a lady musical theater doer. Yes. Um, please hit me up. 
um, because we've got to get a whole lot of you on board. Oh my god, yeah. I'm so like I think I have done musical theatre in high school and that's it. But I'm mm. just totally thinking about the idea of this play of playing a man and singing <laughs> songs about men's rights activists, and I'm just like. How do I make this work? <laughs> How do I make this work? Well, um, what I'll do is I'll chuck up some links to what you're doing um, after Fringe in the cool. description. So anyone listening, if you want to come and catch Cassandra's shows, you'll be able to find them in the description. They'll be there. Mm-hmm. Um, and you should look up Red Scare Theatre. We'll link to that as well. Basically, yeah. anything you want to link to, Just we'll put it in the description. The links. That's what will happen. <laughs> That's what we can do. Um, but thank you so much for coming. And I hope awesome. you like the team. Yay. <laughs> Cassandra Tace and she was Cassandra Tops. Yeah, that's a terrible joke. Sorry about that. Next episode, I'm going to interview my dad. I have already done that. I've actually just finished that record, but um, that's the next episode. But it was really nice. Have a nice chat with my dad, uh, Ross Mason. So um, you'll be able to listen to that tomorrow or today or whenever you like. It's a podcast. You can listen whenever you want. As always, if you have any feedback or questions or comments or anything at all, just hit me up online. So what's your jam.nz on the Facebook page, Twitter, whatever you like. I'm real keen to hear from you. I just like, I just want to make this really good. <laughs> but this is really nice because I can iterate, you know, every day I'm trying it, I'm doing a new interview, I'm trying out different questions, I'm finding new ways to talk to people and that is really nice. I hope you have a great week and you should go and check out Apanui uh, and anything else during Fringe Festival. Um, let's roll the credits. Ciao. Your Jam is recorded in Wellington and is part of the New Zealand Fringe Festival 2017. Music by Robbie Ellis. Casual interference and support from Molly the Cat. Tea provided by Tea Leaf Tea on Manor Street. Jam expertly crafted by Bachmans. This show is hosted and produced by me, Jennifer O'Sullivan, and you can find useful links, more episodes, and suggest future guests by visiting whatsyourjam.nz. Thanks for listening.